Welcome to episode 10 of the RMD podcast from Reverse Mortgage Daily. I'm Chris Clow, editor of RMD. In this 10th episode, we sat down with Scott Norman, the VP of Field Retail and Director of Government Relations at Finance of America Reverse, to track his journey into the reverse mortgage industry and to provide some insight into the way it interacts with the government at multiple levels. We also discuss some of the moves that FAR is making with its proprietary HomeSafe product suite, as well as a look at Scott's perspective on the trajectory of the reverse mortgage industry in 2020 and beyond. Hope you enjoy it. Scott, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the RMD podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time. Chris, thank you for having me on. Oh, it's, a, it's our supreme pleasure. I doubt there are many listeners that are not familiar with who you are, but just as a place to sort of begin our conversation, let's start with your story at the beginning in this industry. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got your start in the industry specifically. Sure. So the start in the industry is interesting. It actually dealt with the very first job I ever had. I was a legislative aide for a very forward-thinking state senator out of Dallas. Mm-hmm. And probably the very first day of the legislative session when it kicked off, I was assigned to the State Affairs Committee, which was to study the issue of home equity lending and, ironically, reverse mortgages in Texas. Because mm-hmm. in 1993, there was no home equity lending in Texas. I think a lot of people kind of tend to forget that, uh, that equity lending wasn't actually even approved in Texas until 1997. And then reverse mortgages weren't approved until 1999. And so it's been a a real long process. And Senator Shapiro made the comment to me that, Scott, this is something you're going to need to know in your lifetime. Pay attention to this because this is going to be a, not only is it going to be a trillion dollar industry, but it's also going to be something that is going to benefit the entire country because Ironically, there was a lot of discussion at the time of how few people are saving for retirement mm-hmm. and how the access of home equity to either a traditional home equity loan or a reverse mortgage loan would be something that would be interesting. So it really foreshadowed the rest of my life. And then I guess I would say fast forward about six years, I had been in the mortgage industry, a traditional mortgage industry. I owned a small mom and pop shop in Austin, Texas. But reverse mortgages came to the legislature again, and I had a a pretty good understanding of how the legislative process worked. And at the time, Fannie Mae was really running point on bringing reverse mortgages to Texas. And another gentleman by the name of Mike Hernandez, who is still at Fannie Mae, was kind enough to let me lead the very first campaign to bring reverse mortgages to Texas in 1999. And so I've been working on reverse mortgages, uh, I'd say since 1993, but really since 1999 full time. And then through that process, I was fortunate to get a job with Jim Mahoney at Financial Freedom. And it really changed the course of my life because through that process, I, I got out of the traditional mortgage business and got into the reverse mortgage business. And it's given me the opportunity to meet people I never would have met ordinarily. I've been able to travel the country and go places I never would have gone if I'd been in the mortgage business this whole time. So my my process has been pretty interesting, but it's really been something that I've been in the reverse mortgage business in a roundabout way my entire adult life. 
Sure. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a pretty fascinating journey. Uh, and of course, you know, the, the first attribute about you that I had ever heard when I first came into RMD was, of course, your instrumental role in making reverse mortgage products available in Texas. But I find it interesting that no home equity lending in the state existed even prior to 1993. In terms of home equity lending in general and reverse mortgages specifically, what would you say was the sort of the, the source of the state's aversion to using those products, and what was the actual work like in getting them approved in Texas? Well, it really goes back to really 1836. In that, uh, in a very real way, Texas was founded on homestead rights mm-hmm. and the ability to protect your home at all costs. Because what a lot of people probably don't talk about, but Texas was founded in a, in a sense by a bunch of bandits. And they really wanted to be in a position where they could start a new life, come to Texas, start a new life, be involved in the Republic of Texas. And that was a real special thing. And so there were a lot of people that really felt that if that was good enough for General Houston and Stephen F. Austin, it's good enough for me. But like a lot of things, supply and demand came about just the overall understanding of how reverse mortgages could work or how home equity lending could work, we really need to get in with the other 49 states. Mm -hmm. And it became a little bit of a a common sense aspect, but you had a lot of people that really fought the issue. Just home equity lending is bad. In a few years prior, in 1987, there had been a a very serious and significant recession in Texas. And so a lot of people felt that that was something that really helped Texas benefit that we didn't have home equity lending at that time. And it really kept Texas from from falling completely into the Gulf of Mexico. Mm. And so that battle really was based on old school thinking versus new school thinking. So that's really where the battle was. And I think that it's ironic looking back now that some of the discussions that were used then are still some of the discussions that are used now in this possible idea of this limited thinking that, well, why don't you just save more money and spend less money and there's your retirement? Mm -hmm. And that it's not really that simple, that it is expensive to grow old in America and it's getting more and more expensive. And so that's really where that battle took place, not only in the House, but in the Senate. But then in Texas, it's also a constitutional amendment. So not only did you have to get two thirds votes in both chambers, then you had to go to the voters in November and have the voters approve on it. So it was a, a long process. I mean, it really took six years in Texas to bring reverse mortgages to Texas through that 97 legislator, 93 legislative session. But then we still had one more year to go because of the way the, the laws were written. You still had to put together all of your, your legal documents. And so even though the voters approved reverse mortgages in Texas in 99, we really didn't offer them until November Thanksgiving-ish of the year 2000. Hmm. So that was right around the time of the the dot-com boom and bust at the same time. So it's really interesting how the the evolution of supply and demand works with home equity lending and how you can go about looking at different ways to look at your retirement. And certainly home equity lending and or reverse mortgages were at the forefront uh, of that discussion then, frankly, as they are today. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. Well, I also understand, too, that you were a pretty instrumental player in the first reverse mortgage origination in Texas. What was that like? That must have been quite the culmination of a long road. That, 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 was, that was fun. That was fun. A, a great couple out of Garland, Texas, uh, closed and funded the very first reverse mortgage loan in, in Texas. And I was, I was fortunate enough to actually have been the originator of that loan. And Financial Freedom was the, was the lender of choice. And so it was, it was fun. And it was, it was a great learning experience to really walk through the in process to remember what happened from 93 through the year 2000 and, and how much work had been done really by so many people, so many people in the House, so many people in the Senate, and so many people around Texas to make that work. So it was, it was a great experience. I really enjoyed it. And still to this day, it's really one of the, um, one of my most favorite professional memories. I can I can certainly imagine. Well, um, the government obviously plays a major role in determining the destiny of the reverse mortgage business just because of the ubiquity of the HECM program. How did you come to work for FAR, and what can you tell me about your responsibilities as that company's director of government relations? Sure. So I came to work for FAR about six years ago. Actually, it was it was urban at the time, so I'm I'm an I'm an old urban person. But Steve McClellan, who was the president at the time, and I were serving on the normal board of directors together, uh, as well as Sherry Appenay at the time. And Steve and I developed a pretty good relationship over the time. He was a he was from Georgia, but he had gone to uh, graduate school at the University of Houston. And so we had a kind of a couple of common friends and a couple of common understandings of, of each other. And he saw something in me and asked me if I'd be willing to come over. And I also had a, a, a long relationship with Sherry Appenay who had been one of my better friends and still remains one of my best friends in the reverse mortgage industry, Kristen Seifert, who is now certainly the president of Finance of America, was there. I had known Kristen when we were all working together at finance at uh, Financial Freedom. And so I felt very comfortable with the type of culture that Urban had at the time. And knowing a number of the people there, it just made me feel very comfortable that this was a place that I could come and be for 20, 25 years. Absolutely. And so my role at, Fi- at Finance of America now, I really wear two hats. One is I uh, run our uh, national distributed field retail team, but then I also manage our government industry relations piece. So I wear two different hats, uh, which keeps me pretty, pretty busy uh, during the week. What kinds of uh, common interactions do you have with government officials in your role at FAR? Well, I think most of my role, I try to be very uh, sensitive between what is too much education and what is not enough. But normal, it does really the, the lion's share of most of the true day-to-day dealings. What I'm in a position of doing is, should there be a specific state piece of legislation or a regulator or something? Well, at HUD, we try to make sure that we at FAR are going to be in a position where we can help educate people as to what a reverse mortgage is versus what it is not. And then really how I think that it can play into the overall scheme of of this retirement planning. If you're talking about pension reform or social security or home value appreciation, there is a seat at the table in some capacity for reverse mortgages. And so if it's dealing with Congress or if it's dealing with somebody in the legislature or some of the many think tanks that are around the country, we at FAR want to make sure that we have a seat at that table, if it's appropriate, to make sure that people are really looking at all of the options associated with retirement in America. 
because as we said earlier, it is expensive to grow old in America. And there are so many aspects of it. And there are so many different ways to look at retirement, depending on the age of your clients, the region of the country you're in, and, and really kind of what your health is. And so there's so many different pieces of that pie. We want to make sure that, that FAR has a, at least an opportunity to be, have a seat at that table if it's something that is, that is appropriate. Excellent. You've testified in front of several state legislatures on the potential benefits that reverse mortgages might be able to provide to their constituents. What's your strategy for educating regulators and legislators? And does the approach differ at all between state and federal levels of government? That's funny. I I don't think it does differ because I really think the strategy is always the same. Talk to them. Mm -hmm. Be as transparent and as open as you possibly can and certainly get back with them when they have, have questions but I think a lot of times they just want to be able to be educated as to how a reverse mortgage can work with their constituents and how it can work with their plan for looking at different retirement options, whatever, the, whatever those retirement options are. And so I think sometimes people think, well, I can't really go talk to a member of Congress or I can't go talk to my own member of the House of Representatives on the state side because I really don't have that much experience in the government. But yet the reality is, that most of these legislators don't have much experience in reverse mortgages. Mm-hmm. So you can be an enormous help providing them with some basic information as to what a reverse mortgage is, what it is not, how it can work, who it can work best for. And I think that's a real significant piece that is, that's been helpful because I had so much government experience before I really got into the reverse mortgage space that you get a feel for what these what these legislators look for. And it's and I'd say it's it's far beyond just the, the legislature or Congress. Mm-hmm. It goes to the think tanks, it goes to the Chamber of Commerces, it goes to, you know, all your realtor groups, all your financial advisor groups, all your financial planner groups, your CPA groups. It kind of goes on and on and on. And so I think that's the the piece of the puzzle that is that I think is very unique. And I think it's something that is uh, pretty pretty savvy of Kristen Seifert to have realized we really need to be in a position where we're looking at every option associated with retirement and having somebody in a position uh, like mine to be able to get in front of some people that maybe ordinarily we wouldn't get in front of. I think that's, I think that's been very beneficial to us. Absolutely. Yeah. I can, I, I think the, uh, the benefit of that to the industry at large is also very visible, but of course you also have a shared role at the national reverse mortgage lenders association at Nirmala as co-chair in addition to your responsibilities at FAR, what goes into your role at Nirmala and what is it like working with both the trade association and with a major lender? Sure. So I'm, I am fortunate to be the co-chair with Reza John Gary with AAG who has done a great job and certainly Steve Irwin and Peter Bell. And then really, I'd say the entire board of directors has been great because I think a lot of people don't know exactly what normal it does and where it stops and starts. And so I think that over the years, Normala has evolved to try to get a little bit more active within the, I guess, the day-to-day operations of individual companies to really help give them space to go be innovative. Because certainly as the private products, the proprietary products have really taken off in the last two years, those companies do their best work trying to let them be innovative and aggressive and try to find products that work within their wheelhouse. 
And so I think Normala's role and very real is to make sure that they're doing their work within Washington, D.C., the various state legislatures, and really leave some of the innovative work, if you will. I don't know if that's the right way to phrase it, but that's the way I think I'd phrase it right now, to leave that to the individual companies to go do their work. And so it's certainly a little bit different working at the normalist side with people who are competitive with you on a day-to-day basis. But I think that's probably where the real beauty of it lies, because this industry is full of some really talented, smart people who are, re- who are trying to make this product grow and realize that a rising tide lifts all boats sure. and that we all need to, to some extent, to be able to work together, play by the same rules, do what's right, and then really let competition and innovative lead the way from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. But yet, from a normalist standpoint, there are so many people that don't exactly know what all normal is working on that I think that we've got a, a kind of an unlimited ceiling to continue to get the word out on how many things Normala does. I always say if somebody saw Steve Irwin's day-to-day calendar and week-to-week calendar, they would be stunned at how much Steve Irwin does on a day-to-day basis and on a week-to-week basis behind the scenes that people don't know everything he's doing with and everybody he's talking to. And so it's been great to see the leadership of Steve as he continues to kind of elevate through that process. And then the executive committee, which has been great uh, to work with them to really talk about where is the industry today, but maybe as important, if not more important, where is the industry going to be in two and five and 25 years? And what can we do to give the companies the space they need to, like I said, be as innovative as they can possibly be? Absolutely. Well, you mentioned uh, the increasing prevalence of proprietary reverse mortgage products. So I wanted to shift gears a little bit and talk to you about FARS home safe offerings. I'm just kind of curious, in general, what type of response are you seeing to the proprietary suite of home safe products? Because there's a fair amount of options there. Well, we continue to be, in my judgment, the industry leader as it relates to our home safe products. And if you look at really where the industry was two years ago, there really wasn't a lot of proprietary innovation out there, but really FAR has has really led the way and has been the industry leader. And I think we continue to look at different ways. How can we match the needs of our borrowers? And our borrowers continue to evolve. I mean, if you're talking about a borrower in South Texas or a borrower in Southern California, Those are different borrowers with different needs. And so a one-stop shop, if you will, or one product for those borrowers may not always work. So we're trying to be as innovative as we can to find new borrowers and continue to look for an appetite for new products and really match the needs of these borrowers, provide new and different offerings because if you look at the borrower, a borrower who is 75 years old versus a borrower who is 62 years old in different parts of the country, you're looking at just night and day different types of borrowers. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm constantly always reminded at how awkward it is for people to save in America, to save for retirement. I mean, I don't know which stat to me is more fascinating. The fact that only about one in eight borrowers actually maxes out their 401k or the fact that a majority of the workers in the country don't invest $1 in their 401k. 
So I think that this idea of retirement planning really goes back to there's an educational mix of it. And one thing that we at FAR want to do is to make sure that we are educating as many people as we can as to which product would work best and how can we go about really setting the tone around the country to provide multiple products for multiple borrowers and put them in a position to say, I really like this option. That option doesn't work for me today, but it may work for me in five or 10 years. And so when we've been as aggressive as we have and as innovative as we have, while at the same time really trying to kind of keep our eye on what is prudent, what is right, what is in the borrower's best interest, not only today, but really walk them through the entire timeline of having their reverse mortgage, which includes the servicing piece. That's where I think we've been very fortunate to have some really good leadership and some really good innovative minds at FAR. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think I want to ask you potentially the $64,000 question. I think that it's relatively safe to say that the proprietary product landscape is still in a relative infancy uh, just because they haven't caught fire. But do you anticipate that a day is going to come where proprietary products will outpace Heckam in the future? Well, I think the first way I'd answer that is I think that there's always going to be a place for the, the Heckam. I just I don't see a scenario in which the Heckam ever goes away. But that being said, supply and demand is always the key. And those who can be the most innovative and have the best ideas probably always always win. So if I just look at what FAR has done for the industry in the last two years, and you project it another two or four years out, you can have a pretty good feel that the product's almost going to be unrecognizable, if you will. And mm-hmm. so I think that being said, that I do think that the, the home safe product at some point, sooner rather than later, will represent a, a majority of the loans that we do. Mm-hmm. Because I really think that we're, we're just going to be too innovative. And I think that's going to be a, a challenge that we have of how can we get better every day, every year, and provide a legitimate retirement option for more and more borrowers, and really, I'd say their extended families, over the next two, four, 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm curious, just because FAR has been so active in introducing new proprietary product options, how does your role in government relations fit into the approval and launch of some of those new proprietary products? Well, I'd love to take more credit than I, than I should, but, I, but the truth of the matter is you've got a lot of people from legal, compliance, regulatory side that really spend most of their time rolling that out. So I'd, I'd, I really would be making something up if I acted like I had a big, big stake in the, in the rollout of those products. Most of my issue is probably going to deal much more with how can we provide uh, information and, uh, and resources to various groups that might need information on our, on our home safe product versus how can, you know, what, what is Scott Norman doing to help roll the product out? Mm-hmm. That's, sure. that's really, Kristen Seifert de- deserves that credit. So I, I want to make sure I tip, tip the hat to her uh, for her hard work because those are, those are hard to roll out. There's a lot of work. It looks like, you know, from, from the outside in, we've done such a unique job. And I think our product has been so well received. It looks, it looks like it's been pretty easy, but those are, those are a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of weekends, 
a lot of 70, 80 hour weeks rolling these, these products out. And I think it's certainly it's, it's paid off, but it's, they're, they're hard to roll out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine that. And that also just kind of makes me curious because proprietary products are right now at least only available in some states. Do you think it's realistic to expect eventual national coverage for proprietary reverse mortgages, considering what the approval process looks like on the government side? I do. You know, all 50 states, that, that, that might be a little bit of a stretch in the, in the foreseeable future, simply because you, you do have various you know, rules within each state, within each regulator. But I think that as we continue to develop products that would that would work around the regulators and, and work with the regulators, I should say, that I, I think that that's probably something that is that is coming. You know, mm-hmm. certainly 50 states may be a little bit of a stretch, but I certainly think, you know, at FAR, we consider ourselves a national lender. And that means we want to make sure that we're going with the bar, where the borrowers are and the homeowners are. And we want to make sure that we are looking for partnerships and opportunities and ideas around the country. Absolutely. Most definitely. Well, I've only got one more question for you, and it's a little more forward-looking. I'm curious if there's anything you can share about things that FAR has planned for 2020, uh, any updates or uh, anything else that you'd like to close us out with. I don't have any updates that I would share with you today, but I would say look at the trajectory of where we were two years ago to today. And then I would say, look at the trajectory of where we are from product development in the last 12 months. And then I would say, if you extrapolate it back out over the next 12, 24, 36 months, you can be pretty comfortable that we are constantly looking for different ways to provide new options and new resources for our retail team and our wholesale partners to make sure that, that FAR is, is, is trying to be the industry leader in doing what is right and what is also doing something as, as innovative as we can possibly be. Excellent. Scott Norman, VP of Field Retail and Director of Government Relations at Finance of America Reverse. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I really appreciate it. Chris, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Episode 10 of the RMD Podcast. Again, a very special thanks to Scott Norman at FAR for being so generous with his time in talking reverse mortgages with us. For more news and insights on the reverse mortgage industry, be sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at reversemortgagedaily.com. If you haven't already, subscribe to the RMD Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast content. I'm Chris Clow, and this has been a production of Aging Media Network in Chicago, Illinois. See you next time.